0: Today I'm going to talk about um something that we all all have to do or um, something we all do <laughs> is um we we communicate. We have to talk somehow and we have to talk with each other somehow. So I have a question for you. I just want to pose. How many of you would prefer receiving a text over receiving a phone call? Show of hands, receive a text over a phone call. Okay, that's all I thought, Mr. Most of my younger generation, you know, with myself, the millennials and a little bit, you know, the newer generations, the older generations, y'all like, no, just give me a buzz. Call me up. We'll talk for a couple of minutes. Be like 45 minutes later. (laughs) I got to go. I got to go. Got to get off the phone. (laughs) All right. Love you. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye. So y'all know how that is. So, (laughs) but what are the dangers? I I love texting rather than receiving a phone call myself because I don't forget it. I forget a lot of things. Um if it's coming at me in abundance, but if you tell me something specifically one day I'm like an elephant, I never forget, never forget, but what are some of the dangers that come from texting rather than you know calling somebody? Could it be that it could be misinterpreted i mean could could you not feel the the emotion behind it? Could it be taken out of context something so simple be just taken out of context through a text text message um what about what about this? this is my bit this what about not having to need to respond instantly? Now, when you call someone on the phone and you say, hey, are you going to come over, they can't just sit there and be like, you go- hello, are you still there? But if if I was to text you and say, hey, are you going to come over, if you see that come across the top of your drop-down bar and you really don't want to come over, you're going to act like you didn't see that, especially if we have the same phone. See you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to really not want to respond to that. So... Not having the need to respond suddenly is something that we fall short of um, with text messages. So we're going to kind of step into how does that tie to our lesson? How how does that tie to the sermon that the Lord has put on my heart today? Well, how many times has has God called you and you treated it like a text message? How many times has, has the Lord asked you to do something and you chose to respond to it when it was good for you? But not respond to it immediately when he called you to it. Like this day of prayer that the president's asked us to have. How many times have we, well, I just put that off every day there ought to be a day of prayer, praise the Lord. I mean, we should He's called us to pray every day and to seek his face diligently. So I'm I struggle a little bit with um with this because the Lord had led me in many directions. But uh, we're going to get ready to dive in. I'm just going to pray real quick for us. Father, I pray, Lord, that you just open the hearts of your people, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you just use us, Lord, you cultivate the soil inside of our hearts, Father, and that we receive your word, Father, that they hear your voice and not mine, and that they see your face, Lord, and they just see your glory, Jesus. I praise you, and I, I pray, Lord, everything is done for your glory this morning, and everything is spoke, Lord, not with enticing words, Lord, but through your spirit. And I praise you and give you the glory, for in Jesus' name, amen. So. I can, I can recall. You know, this this weekend was supposed to be Winterfest, and they got called off. And I can recall several years ago um, being at a Winterfest service with um, with our old, with a youth group, and I received a text message in the middle of this service. Had an awesome weekend going on. It was Saturday night. We'd already been into it pretty good, and I received a uh, text message, and the text message said, "Hey, you uh, you need to pack your bags. We're about to get deployed," and it. <laughs> I was in the National Guard at this time, and it kind of sunk my heart hard. Because being in the National Guard, I was like, oh, I ain't never getting deployed. You know, I'm staying at the house. So that's for active duty guys. But no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> they said, hey, you're, we're about to get orders cut. We're getting ready to go across the You need to pack your bags and get ready. When I received that text, I was kind of in shock and awe. I remember I was engaged to my beautiful wife at this time, and she looked over at me, sitting there, and I'm just not myself. I'm not smiling. <laughs> I just wasn't i couldn't even bring myself to smile i was just in complete shock and all and so she says what what's wrong what is it and i said mm, i couldn't even say anything i just got a mumble underneath my breath and he texted me again and said we're about to deploy to this certain area and it was a, a very hostile area at that time and i was like i didn't, i didn't know what to say i wasn't ready for that i was young i was <laughs> fresh into the military i didn't know what to expect but i guess I kind of pretty pretty much could have anticipated it getting deployed sometime if I signed the papers. But I was still in shock and awe. And then after choosing, I was like, do I respond? Do I act like I ignore the text? Do I, you know, try to just push it off and hope it goes away? And I receive a phone call from the same person. I had no choice. I hadn't answered. I hadn't answered. So I answered this phone call. He says, hey, man, uh, just make sure you got the text. You know, I, I really need you to respond back. You got to pack your bags. You know, we're getting ready to deploy. Um, you need a, to be at an armory at, I don't know, like 12 hours. I was like, dude, I'm in Tennessee. <laughs> There's no way I'm making it back to the coast of North Carolina with my bags packed in 12 hours. There's no way. He said, well, just stand by. He said, just, you know, you'll." he said, will you be back? I said, I'll be back Sunday afternoon. I said, and I can promise you I'll be be there by then. So, he said, okay, just stand by, and I'll give you, you know, the updates. So I kind of stand by. I was, the rest of the trip was just absolute misery. I, I had so much anxiety, so much anticipation of what was to come. And when I got home, I, I get a phone call from the same person. He says, hey, don't worry about it. It's only going to be a couple years before they do this. So I had worked myself up and ruined my whole weekend, over something so simple, over just a text message or a phone call And I, I didn't know what to do, but I found out that God was watching over me And it was nothing more than what it was So, our main scripture today is going to come from uh, John chapter 11, verse 33, 344 um, We'll be reading from the New Living Translation Get my technology out here, praise the Lord Okay, so starting on verse 33 This is Jesus, this is the story of Lazarus Many of us have probably heard this You can stand for the reading of God's word if you like um, If not, you know that's, that's a custom So, when Jesus saw her weeping And saw the other people wailing with her A deep anger welled up within him And he was deeply troubled This was Jesus that he was talking about Where have you put him, he asked them They told him, Lord, come and see Then Jesus wept Then Jesus wept, that's strong the son of God Wept The people who were standing nearby said See how much he loved him But some said This man healed a blind man Couldn't he have healed, kept Lazarus from dying Look I got something to say about that <laughs> I have something to say about that Haters are going to hate And gossipers are going to gossip yep. it's, you, know, you can't change it You can't stop it You just learn to live with it and deal with it Do you think? I'm pretty sure Jesus knew it. they said that about him just throwing it out as a but you just You just learn to move on <laughs> So it says I gotta get my scripture back Praise the Lord Alright so They healed a blind man Couldn't he have kept Lazarus, Lazarus from dying In verse 38 it says Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance Roll, a, roll the stone aside Jesus told them But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Absolutely. It will be terrible. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I said it out loud for the sake of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. They believe you have sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out with his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in head cloth. Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. So this is the story of Lazarus. Y'all can, y'all can be seated if you like. This is the story of Lazarus. Um, we've heard this many, many times. You know, A dead man comes out of the grave. You can't help but hear about that. That's the story of Jesus. Dead man comes out of the grave. You can't help but hear about that. Um, but we're going to kind of break down a little bit. I want I want to walk through you with the way my mind functions. Um, side note: You know, kind of funny story is I I, I kind of am still like a kid. Like I walk around and I still do things that are kind of interesting. Like I make car noises when I drive. <laughs> <laughs> I make flatulent noises when I'm walking down the aisles. Like, I do stuff like that. That is who I am. That is who I continue to be since all this mess has gone on. Amber kind of snitched on me this morning, and I've been singing, God is bigger than the boogeyman. So <laughs> y'all can, y'all can kind of imagine how it is with me. It's very interesting. So reading verse, we're going to focus on a couple of these scriptures, um, majority 40 through 44, but we're going to start on 41. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. So they took away that stone. They rolled the stone, stone aside as Jesus had commanded them. And he said, Father, thank you for hearing me. They rolled the stone aside with faith in Jesus. They didn't roll the stone aside for the glory for God. They didn't, they didn't roll us aside for the glory for God. They rolled the stone aside For for Jesus, they knew Jesus was there and something was going to happen. A miracle was going to take place. And they didn't have the faith like he should have. I'm going to come back to this. Go with me here. We're going to get into this. Um, They didn't have the faith like they should have, like the woman with the issue of blood. When Jesus had told them to roll that stone away, they said, Jesus, he's been dead four days. It's going to be terrible. It's going to smell terrible. But however, he told them to roll it away anyways. He said, roll it away anyways. I'm here. I'm going to make something happen i'm gonna call upon my father and he he said, father thank you for hearing me thank you for hearing me and so he had absolute faith that this was going to transpire and that this dead man was going to come walk out but these people had no idea where he was going so we should have the faith like that we should have faith like that ourselves jesus lives the example for us and we should have the faith Like the story of what the woman with issue of blood she spent everything she had on physicians and was never healed that sounds familiar doesn't it that sounds kind of like today these physicians are trying to figure out hey what's going on with this but however she wasn't healed until she touched him in his garment and that's the kind of faith that we need today in a a fearful world we need that type of faith we need faith that says hey if i could just touch the him in his garment we don't even need that much faith the bible says a mustard seed so we don't even need that much faith to say, "Hey, I just I just need to touch to him in his garment, and I'll be made whole." That much faith, but she had the understanding that that much faith was at the power at the edge of his garment, and that is what we need. So, reading on, it's in on verse forty-two. It says, "You always hear me." But I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent, sent me. Jesus, I'm going to read that again because I just it speaks to me so much This the whole it's all in red is it's outlined as Jesus said it. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that way they will believe that you sent me. How many times have we as Christians said anything out loud so the people around us knew that Jesus was inside of us? How many times have we lived our lives worthy of worship, like an act of worship worthy of the calling, so that way people know around us that Jesus was in us? How many times have we done that? See, it's always about the testimony. The testimony is what gives God, give, gives God the glory, it's always the testimony. I have a testimony. You have a testimony. Whether it's has been exposed to you yet, you just you just don't know. Something's cooking inside of you. And it's always it's always coming out. Your testimony is always building. Because God is always moving inside of you. This this virus, that's a testimony. Right. That's a testimony. This all this negativity that's going on in this world, that's a testimony. So the testimony is It's it's always about it. And it's that is what should God give God the glory. Scripture tells us that we have conquered Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so what God is bringing you through at this very moment will be your testimony. So. No mess equals no message. God transforms your test into a testimony, your mess into a message and your misery into a ministry. Your misery into a ministry. I remember, I'm, a, I'm, i She's in here this morning. And I'm very thankful for that. You know, my beautiful wife. I'm gonna use. I love to think back on when she uh, first started her, uh, her journey into kids ministry. Uh, pastor Mitchell was at. Uh, he was a youth pastor at the church down the road with us, and um, he said, "Hey, I need a, I need a preschool teacher." And Amber was like, "I can't stand kids. She's, I ain't doing this." I cannot go stand to teach these kids. <laughs> and she said, He said, Well, just think about it for a little bit. So she said, If you have absolutely nobody else, a, a gap filler, that's the most important person in the church, you've got to ask me. Somebody that's willing to stand the gap, whether it be prayer, whether it be to do the job that the Lord's called somebody else to do until he can find somebody, you know, gap fill is important. That's what she did. She filled that gap. And God had turned her minis- misery into a ministry. God's used her to move in kids' lives. And we have families at this church today because of that kids' ministry that's taking place. And so that's something that we just kind of have to look at. So reading on in verse 43, it says, Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. So I kind of talked about calling a little bit earlier. And I just want to go back and read uh, one of the definitions of what it is to call. Uh, to cause a it's a verb and the definition on one of them says to cry out to shout yell roar and exclaim and that's sometimes what god expects us to do see this was the son of god this was jesus his only you know his son his only son and he called out to his father so what makes us any better that we shouldn't call out to our father i mean where do we stand That like in that like What makes you any more special than the son of God? The only perfect man to ever walk this earth that you shouldn't call out to the father for what you need. So sometimes we need to yell. Sometimes we need to roar. And sometimes we need to exclaim what God's done for us. Continuing on um, in verse 44. It says. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound. And grave cloths, his face wrapped in a headcloth, Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. He was bound. Right. He came he came out of the grave. that's important. that's what i I love growing up in a church, and I would hear people start screaming and kicking, and shouting all over the all over the pool pits. He came out, he came out, and that's awesome. that is fantastic. But I was like, there's got to be more to that than him just coming out of the grave. Uh-huh. There's got to be more to it. And so the Lord, the Lord had dealt with me. The Lord dealt with me hard. And see, we saw a dead man that came out of a grave. But do you realize what he was still wrapped in when he came out of that grave? He was still bound with headcloth. He was still bound with linens. And they all symbolized one thing. They all symbolized death still had grip on him. He came out. He came back to life. But it symbolized that death still had a grip on him. And so I'm going to read the one of the other definitions of what it is to call. To to give an infant or animal a specified name, to, to name, to label, to baptize. And that's what God does for us. See the label that death had given him was in that headcloth. That was his label. He was dead. He was still dead. Even though he had came out and God brought him back to life then, he was still dead with that headcloth around him. And see God baptized him, we, we see the linens as our sin. That's something point. We see the, the linens as our sin, what we've done in life that separates us from God. It's the wages of sin, it's death. And that linen symbolizes death, and that's what we see. And so God baptized him and gave him a new label, free of bondage. He gave him complete freedom. So, but we can't really miss something important here, though. No version of the Bible tells us who Jesus was specifically talking to when he said the the couple last words in that verse. Um, many different translations kind of say it all the same way. Unbind him, let him loose. Who was Jesus talking to? Who I mean, who was he talking to? Was he talking to the people there around him? Or was he talking to somebody else? See, when I when I... When I was reading this, I I just couldn't. I couldn't just get it off my my spirit. But Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. He wasn't just talking to the people there. He was talking with authority over the grave. And see, he, he was talking physically, yes, unbind him and let him go. But he was also talking spiritually. He was talking with that authority over the grave. See, hell had no power there because of his name, his son, Jesus. And see, he... Man, Lord hungry said that's good. So he he really he had nothing that can Jesus directed this to the grave and gave us the same authority. See, you need to walk in that same authority. That's what I'm here to tell you. You need to walk in the same authority that he's given Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord. See, death has no power. Everybody's scared. They're looking at these death toll rates. It says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And death has no power. And you got to speak the victory over any situation you're going into. God's called you like he's called Lazarus out of death. He's called you out of death. He's called you out of bondage. He's called you out of illness, out of sickness. See, as I was preparing... I couldn't help i i I had to lean on my beautiful wife here because sometimes i stumble over my words i think faster than i talk i also have dyslexia sometimes i'll say things backwards and it turns ugly so but (laughs) (laughs) but uh i put a side note in here and i had to and i sound Hear me out, I had to explain it like I was explaining it to kids. My wife said, you need to explain this like you're explaining it to kids. You need to specify. And I put this side note, and I said, I'm going to see if anybody grabs it, and they run with it, and then I'll run with you around this whole place. But just a side note, Jesus made sure the tomb stayed empty even when they tried to put him in it, because what he starts, he finishes. And so I, I, really, I really couldn't just help but just grasp the concept with Jesus you you conquered the grave when you died on the cross you got the keys to hell and you were raised you know with your father but i was like hold on a second you conquered the grave right here you conquered the grave right here what he did at the cross in calvary no let's not forget that but however that's a reminder of also what he did in lazarus's life that's a reminder that the tomb will always stay empty it will always stay empty and he just <laughs> he <laughs> Look he they went back and they tried to look for the same things and I don't think you you understand the linens and the sackcloths they were folded up and they were still placed in there. That was a label that they tried to put on Jesus. They couldn't do that. You can't do that to my not to my Jesus. Not to my God. Come on somebody. You can't do that to him. Ain't no way. You ain't putting that label on my Jesus and my God. And that tomb was empty. It was empty. So God called Lazarus out. He called Lazarus out. He didn't text Lazarus out. He called Lazarus out, and so. I don't want to live in a day and age where we got to text message Jesus. I, I really don't. I want to live in a day and age where I can just talk to my. I want to talk to my God. Oh, I, I really hallelujah. do. Hallelujah, hmm. thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. See, <laughs> see I, what y'all don't know is, you know, my first time speaking on a big, big church Sunday, and I'm about done with all my stuff, but however, my order call is twice as long as my, my sermon was, because I believe that God's called us to something more. So... I want to point out something. Y'all probably think I skipped verse 40. Y'all were like, oh, man, he's done a messed up his first time speaking. But I just want to go back and read what verse 40 is. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that it that you would see God's glory if you believe? Didn't I tell you if you see God's glory that if you believe? I I have trouble believing myself sometimes. If I listen to what media and what the world is trying to put on me right now, I have trouble seeing God's glory. See, we had spoke Wednesday night on um, the side of the youth about why do bad things happen? Like, try, like how to prove God's existence. Why do bad things happen? I don't think bad things always happen. I think we choose to see the bad things that are happening. Yeah. I think if we just chose to see the good things that are happening, bad things don't happen. I mean, it's kind of, it is cut and dry. If you really looked at, okay, hey, um, there's got to be something out there good happening amongst all this sickness and illness. Somebody out there had to be healed from cancer. Uh-huh. Somebody out there had to be brought back to life that was uh, OD, that, that OD'd that on some kind of drugs. God had to bring salvation to some sinners throughout this whole process. And His word is being preached and it's being moved on. So there are good things happening, Throughout this bad thing So it says Jesus responded Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory If you believe How many of you this morning believe that you'll see God's glory How many of you believe that This whatever's going on today You still believe that God's glory Is going to come regardless Whether it comes physically healing Or whether it comes on on a cloud To victory So, and starting to wrap up, starting to try to land this plane, what is God calling you out of? God called Lazarus out of the grave. He called sickness out of that woman's body with the issue of blood. She had faith. She had, she believed just in him and his garment. She didn't even want to, to talk to Jesus. She just, she believed in him and his garment. Can we, how many times can we just reach up and say, Lord, if I could just touch the hem of your garment, if I could just reach as high as I can to touch the hem of your garment. We stand there so idle near worship sometimes that nothing's going to happen. You got to believe that you could touch the hem of his garment when you worship. You got to move. You got to say, God, here I am. I could just reach a little bit higher and touch the hem of your garment. So I just. When I was younger, I'm I'm sure a lot of you you older folks remember this, especially playing outside. I I was born there in the air where they were transitioning from everybody met at the electrical box to there was no more meeting outside to play at your friends. And it kind of hurts my heart when I think about it a little bit, how kids play today. But I remember as a a young boy, um, I would go down the street and I would play at my friends. We would play basketball, baseball. Um, kickball, whatever it may be. We go down the street and play, and i would be about a half mile away from the house. And those of you that know my mama know she has a big mouth. She has a big... She can sing. That woman can call glory now. I mean, she she is amazing. I love her to death, but she also has a big mouth. And so I think it's just part of being who who we are as Native Americans. We just... We're used to hollering and hoofing and everything else. So... I remember when I would be about a half mile to about three-quarters of a mile away from the house, my mom would yell, Justin, Chris, come on. And I, I just know, I better start running. I better start getting with it. Because if I didn't, my tails would get tore up. That's the first thing. Ain't, there wasn't no questions about it. There weren't no questions about it. But I remember her calling me home. And she, she would never call me home during the, during the daytime She would never call me home If it was 12 o'clock in the day She would never call me home At 3 o'clock in the day She would always only call me To come home When it was starting to get dark And so what she would do Is she would say Hey it's time to come home Because it's getting dark outside And I had no idea Why I couldn't stay there And play with my friends And sometimes us As infants in Christ We don't know that God's calling us before the darkness falls we don't know that he's calling us before the darkness falls and that's what my mama was doing she was calling me saying hey you need to come home I need to protect you I need to watch out for you I need to feed you before the darkness fell." and that's what my mama was doing and I trusted everything inside of my mom I trusted every being of her and that's what Jesus is wanting to do with us Jesus is calling you before the darkness falls Jesus is calling you to come home. He's calling you, hey, if you wayward child, hey, um, if you have backslidden, come home. Come home before the darkness falls. Come home before it's too late. Because he's going to show up, church. Y'all know that. Y'all know he's going to show up. And Jesus was just, he's calling us home to protect us from the darkness. My God. Y'all don't, he's, he's calling us home to save us. And it just, it hurts my heart. Mm. See, my mom, she knew the dangers. I, I didn't know. We don't know. We don't know the dangers of what's, what's to come. But Jesus does. God does. He knows what our tomorrow holds. Brother Tommy, if you could play me some, just some soft music. Um, is God calling you out of something? How, how are you gonna? How are you going to answer this call? Is God calling you out of something? Is he calling you out of anything? Jesus, Jesus. Let, me, let me go down. Uh, let me just, I just want to point out some things. God is calling you out of death into a new life. Yes. Is God calling you out of, is, is he calling out sickness out of your body into healing? Is he calling you to complete restoration? Whatever it may be. Is he calling you out of the darkness into light? Is God calling you out of bondage into freedom? So how will you respond? How will you respond? So if you feel like God's calling you out of any of those things, or if you feel like God's just calling you in general, I need you to be at this altar with me. I need you to be at this altar. I, it, can't, it can't be in any other way. I need you to be at this altar. See, when God encountered the demon-possessed man, but you know, the, the demon's name was Legion, He was not bound by chains. I want you to hear this out. He wasn't bound by chains. He was bound by the spirits inside of his head. He wasn't bound by his mind. He was bound by demons. He was possessed. There's no doubt. That's what the Bible tells us. It says his name was Legion. There were many. But there was not too many. Hear me? There was not too many for the blood of Jesus because they trembled at his presence. There was not too many for the blood of Jesus. See, when Jesus stepped off the boat, they started screaming. They knew what was to come. See, and there was... Come on, come on. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Glory. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. There's not, too many, there's not too many spirits out there for Jesus to free from your life. You're not too far gone for God. See, all we have to do is cry out like Jesus did to the Father. That's all we have to do. We have to cry out like Jesus to the Father, and He will answer. He will. Hallelujah, I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. See if sometimes we can't cry out, sometimes like the woman with issue of blood, we just simply have to push through the crowd. We have to reach out and acknowledge his call to us. We have to reach out and answer his call to us. We have to have that faith that we have to believe that if we just touch the him in his garment. If we just touch the hem of his garment, that will be made whole. We have to believe that we'll have complete restoration. No physician here on earth can touch. We have to acknowledge his call, church. See, there are not gonna there are gonna be situations that God will not call you out of because he needs you. He needs you to call him into it with him. And if he's calling to you that today. I need you just to reach out in faith. I need you to step up here with me in this altar. I need you to come up here and be with me in this altar. See, I've been sent by to tell you to get up and respond to the Lord. I don't care what you think you've been called from. I don't care how saved you think you are. Hear me out, Saint. Hear me out. We love you. But I want you to hear, hear this out. The Lord's calling. He sent me by here to, res- to tell you to get up and respond to the calling similar like the prophet Eli Eli, and Samuel's life. He called Samuel three times. Samuel was hungry for the Lord. He was hungry. He said, God, he was like, Eli, did you call me? Did you call me? He said, he finally realized, he said, that's the Lord calling you. And he tells him, he says, say, speak, Lord, because your servant hears. And how many of you today can say, speak, Lord, because your servant hears? Lord, I hear you calling my name. I hear you calling me out. Speak, Lord, here I am. Saints, I need you to listen to the Lord because we see all that's going around us. We see all that's going on around us. And God has called us to hear his voice. See, social media is loud. Social media is real loud. And we have to seek to hear God's voice. See, you, you, you have faith not by what you see But just by believing what you hear And so if we If we believe what we saw We would misinterpret a lot of things There's a 100% call To the throne of judgment I don't I don't think We often Recall that as much as we should As Christians We should We should really preach that Everybody will be called to the throne of judgment, and when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, I want to stand there before the judgment throne, and I hear Jesus say, wait, hey, Father, wait, I know him, he knows me, I want him to say, I know him, his name is in that book you know that book that that lamb's book of life out his name is in that book beside mine he was covered it was written with my blood see so what does god call you out of the day father god i've i've brought your word father i've brought the lord but you put in my heart father but now I pray, Jesus, Lord, that you just convict the hearts, Father, Lord, that you call us out, Jesus, or whatever it may be, Lord. You haven't called us to bondage, Father, Lord, but you've called us to victory. You haven't called us, Lord, to be fearful, Lord, but you've called us to be faithful. And I praise you, Jesus, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that if anybody here be dealing with the spirit of, of bondage, Lord, addiction, Father, Lord, of of just feeling tied down, Jesus, Lord, that you just unbind them, Father, Lord. You remove the label from their life, Jesus. You remove that label, Father, Lord, and you name them, Lord. You baptize them in your spirit, Father. I pray, Jesus, Lord, that you just touch each and every individual here, Father, Lord, that you just you continue to move inside of our heart, Father, that we hear your voice. That we hear your voice. I thank you, Lord, for calling us out, Lord, of the situations we've been in, Father. But I thank you, Lord, for calling us into something deeper. Something deeper with you, Jesus. I love you so much, Father. I'm not worthy for what you've done for me. I'm not worthy, Jesus. But you said, hey, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Because I've called you out. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, just continue to pray. Just continue to pray that that you hear God's voice. You don't hear what the devil's trying to tell you. You don't hear what the devil's trying to do to you and inside of your life. You just hear God's voice. You hear his call to to freedom. He's going to break chains. He will break them. In your friend's life, in your son's and daughter's lives, in your spouse's wives. It, it doesn't matter He's going to break those chains He is a faithful and just God If you humble yourself and You call to him You cry out his name He will hear you and He will answer See I, I, I absolutely love That the scripture says that I say this Not so Not so that I know But so the people around me can hear And God has called us to stand out and to call out his name so other people around us can hear. And lastly, he says, God, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? So I just need you to believe, church. I need you to believe that we're going to see God's glory. We will see God's glory. Hallelujah.